Well, hi everyone. I'm Patrice. I'm a compulsive overeater, and uh, I'm so grateful to be here today, um, sharing my story about how it was, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, well, I uh, I think um, as a as a kid, I think I wasn't super um, super compulsive with eating. I mean, I I think one of the first things, one of the first words I learned was kikis, which was how I said cookies, and you know, so I certainly like a lot of kids had a an affinity for sweet foods and. Um, I spent time trying to, you know, like trying to manipulate situations so that I could get them by like having friends who, who were allowed to eat more sweets than I was and having sleepovers over there and stuff. But I don't remember, um, you know, thinking there was anything wrong with that or, or feeling like there was anything wrong with that until later in life. Um, one of the things that I do remember was not being you know, being told I wasn't allowed to have sweets at an early age. Um, my dad specifically hated gum and my brother and I would do anything we could to get our hands on gum. And when there was a Christmas party or a birthday party where there was gum, oh my God, I was going to go crazy getting some of that gum and chewing as much of it as I could. So I think, you know, that feels significant to me now. Um, when I was... 11, 12, I started experimenting with alcohol and drugs and smoking. And um, it was, uh, it seemed to me like it was pretty normal to, to take those things to excess. Um, I also struggled with um, anger issues at an early age. I physically fought my brother a lot. And he he was a year and a half younger than me and a little bit smaller than me and he was good at teasing me and and getting getting my goat that way and anytime he did i would you know fight him physically and and um so much so that my mom took me to see psychologists you know worried about my reaction and trying to get me to behave a little better and so when I started experimenting with drugs and alcohol, I was like, wow, I, this, this is incredible. I don't feel mad anymore when I do these things. And so I think that partly contributed to it. Um, my dad has, has always liked to drink and, um, you know, I, I don't know whether he's an alcoholic or not. That's his, his, uh, issue, not mine. Um, but he, you know, I, I thought drinking was a, a way to have a really good time and that you're supposed to kind of do it very um, jovially and very uh, pretty, pretty intensely. And so I started doing that from, a, from that early age when I started drinking. So I think that combination of like, wow, this is something that's kind of approved by my dad. And this is something that um, helps me with my anger. And um, 
it, it, those things led to me thinking this was this was a great these were great things to do and um I also drank to the point where I most often vomited when I drank and so um it wasn't you know like that wasn't an easy part about it and when I discovered marijuana I was like wow I can get all these benefits of this experience without the physical illness and so that was my next step and it was around that time when I started using marijuana regularly that I started to notice wow you know I like eating to an extent that's not what my friends are doing what others are doing and around that time that I started thinking well I should probably try and and change this and and eventually thought to myself well I'm eating compulsively and um and, you know, kind of like, I don't think I tried AA or OA, sorry, until um, years later when I decided I wanted to quit doing drugs and alcohol. And at that point, it was clear to me that I couldn't do it on my own and that it was out of my control. Um, but when I did try, you know, when I did quit smoking and drinking and went to a few OA meetings eventually the word God freaked me out um, the fact that I you know and I don't know whether this is a fact uh, in reality or what I experienced as a fact but I didn't see anyone in the rooms that I related to I didn't hear any stories that I related to maybe because I only went to a couple of meetings at that time I left those rooms pretty quickly and um, and honestly I figured if I'm, you know, like, because I got to a point with the drinking and, and drugs that I wasn't able to keep a job, I was uh, at times just disappearing from friends and family, not showing up for work, just saying, you know, I'd rather go get stoned today, so I just wouldn't show up. Um, so when I got when I got sober from those things, and was able to keep a job and was able to start building relationships again I figured you know what's the harm in eating binge eating once in a while um which really wasn't once in a while but more like every day in some some form every day or you know probably three to five times a week um in in sort of heavier binges and um and, you know, honestly, I got no response from, no, no uh, feedback from anyone around me saying, you've got a problem, you should probably do something about it. You know, by all indications, I was doing okay. I, in the time between quitting drugs and uh, a few years ago when I came back to OA, I, I kept a, you know, a job. I, I got married, I had a kid. And so I, I kept experimenting. I kept doing research, as people say. And um, it was only when a few years ago I had an argument with my wife and or daughter and left the house, you know, on my way out somewhere and just thought, hey, I could just keep going the way I did those times when I didn't show up for work or when I disappeared from my life previously that I realized, holy cow, this is just as intense an addiction 
as what I was experiencing before. And I, I was, I was truly scared of getting to the, the desperation that I had experienced, or maybe I was feeling the desperation I'd experienced in those other addictions. And I figured, what do I have to lose? The one thing I remembered from, I didn't really do a lot of 12 steps other than those couple of OA meetings when I got sober from alcohol and drugs. And, um, but the one thing I remembered really feeling made a huge difference in my ability to recover because I tried a few, you know, a bunch of times on my own to get sober. And the, the big difference when I did get sober was that I attended a six week program of, um, recovery in a daytime detox center and, um, and did a ton of group processes during that period. And every time I sat in a room and shared with people honestly and felt their honest sharing come my way, that made the biggest difference. You know, that moment where I was nodding my head because I knew exactly what someone else was talking about someone else was nodding their head when I was sharing because they knew what I was talking about. I knew that was a connection, you know, more powerful than myself. And I, um, I, I thought to myself a few years ago when I was having that desperation, what do I have to lose trying OA again? I don't know where else to go for this kind of uh, group experience. And uh, so I went to some meetings and thankfully this time I stuck around for the six meetings that someone told me I should try. And I went to some different meetings and, um, you know, almost right away, I saw people for one thing that were guys, you know, that was, that was, a. I don't think I saw any guys the first time I went to OA. That was great. Um, I saw people sharing in a way that, you know, had had some humorous reflection on the challenging experiences I knew so well. 10 minutes. Thank you. And, uh, and I wanted what those people had, you know, the ability to, to honestly share about what they were experiencing and also to have this feeling of lightness about them, a willingness to take themselves not too seriously and to, see some of the humor in, in their, their life and their, their challenges. And so I heard also in some of those first few meetings, try to get a sponsor, try to get a plan of eating. And so I asked people if they could sponsor me. And at first I found a couple of temporary sponsors and um, they got me started on a plan of eating and, you know, pretty quickly, well, I don't know how quickly it was, maybe three weeks, a month into that process, I found a sponsor that I liked and, and started working with him. And I still work with him to, 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 till today. Um, and my plan of eating is largely the same too. Um, I'd made a very specific list of the binge foods that I was regularly eating. And I identified that sugar was definitely, you know, the main ingredient that I was uh, binging on. And so I, I limited any eating of foods that had sugar as the first or second ingredient. Um, I limited all those specific binge foods without even considering whether they had sugar as the first ingredient or not, because there were a few that were, you know, not sugar based, not artificial sugar based. Um, 
I, you know, I've made a plan of three meals a day, one snack if I need it. Um, and I, I listed all the, um, the red light food behaviors, eating behaviors, as well as uh, yellow and green um, eating behaviors that I should, you know, the red light ones are, are no-goes, the yellow light ones are, um, I should keep an eye on them because, um, you know, things like watching a screen while I eat um, or eating fast, um, you know, not putting food onto a plate and, and portioning something for myself. Um, all those things are things that weren't part of my binge behavior necessarily. Although the screen thing, I would say definitely was part of my binge behavior. So that's, that's the yellow, um, behavior that I, I keep an eye on the most. Eating fast is, is one that is a bit of a challenge. Eating food off other people's plates is also a challenge. So I definitely keep an eye on those things. And if I, if I notice myself doing any of those things more often or in sequence, I, I totally get in touch with my sponsor, talk it over with him, see what's going on. Um, and uh, since starting this plan of eating, I've, I've been absent for, I guess, two and a half years or so now. Um, sometime this summer, it'll be three years if, if that's, you know, if I'm grateful enough to get to that point. Um, and I say grateful enough because honestly, that's one of the major practices that I've also started doing is having gratitude. Um, you know, we read through the tools before I started sharing and one of those tools is writing and I've spent a lot more time writing since, since joining this program. It helps me, you know, consciously look at what I'm grateful for throughout the day. And I know I've got a lot to be grateful for all the time, but if I'm not careful, I think those those moments of gratitude come and go really quickly through my mind and a lot of the fears um selfishness self-seeking and dishonesty can spend more time in my mind and so talking to people writing about it um consciously bringing that stuff to mind is is very important um another benefit i found in joining OA was that I, I'd been doing yoga for 15 years or something by the time I came back to the program. 15 minutes. Thanks, Stephen. Um, but I'd never uh, really established much of a meditation practice. And so when I was encouraged in coming to OA to work on a spiritual practice of some sort, um, I was, I started meditating and that's actually my main form of yoga these days. Um, I work in a, in a school, so I'm, I'm not sitting all day. I spend time outside. I spend a lot of time moving, so I don't find I need a ton of, you know, 
um, poses in my daily practice any longer to, to get my body feeling good. Um, I do feel I need that um, regular practice of meditation to keep myself in that gratitude-based, uh, awareness-based, presence-based um, experience that helps me not binge, not um, isolate, not uh, overreact. Um, my meditation practice is pretty specifically about feeling here and now in my body. So I, I do a body scan, something that's basically, uh, I think um, most people would know that have tried this kind of, kind of thing as yoga nidra. And um, it works great in any situation because you can kind of scale it down to be like 30 seconds long, or you can take about seven minutes to do it or longer, depending on how many stops you make throughout your body. And basically, I just say to myself, I'm feeling my, and I put in a body part, and then I move on to the next body part. And by, like, I can physically feel myself changing as I do that practice. I feel my awareness moving from this spinny, in my head, lots of thoughts, efficiency-based, you know, like, um, rational-based experience to this more grounded like throughout uh holistic um and spirit based um experience you know one of the things uh recently i've been asked to participate in another uh, secular meeting that's coming up at the end of this month there's a panel on sponsorship and um for some reason, I was like, when I was asked to share at this meeting, I was like, yeah, no problem. I don't party anymore. I'll be up early on New Year's Day and I can share my story. But when someone asked me to share on sponsorship, I was like, whoa, that's scary. And I wasn't sure about it. And so I had to look up what does secular OA mean anyway? So I looked up the definition of secular and uh, I saw that it, you know, part of it says, um, a non-spiritual, non-religious based uh, experience of things. I thought, wow, I don't know. You know, I'm not religious. I don't, I don't do the God thing necessarily in my, in my recovery, but I am, um, I certainly believe in spirit. And when I say spirit, I mean the spirit of uh, recognizing that there are powers greater than me at play in the experiences I have in my life and in all our lives, I think, um, as well as um, connecting to um, something that's not just in my mind, but that's part of my whole experience. And um, I think my time is almost over. So, uh, you know, one, I'll just close by saying um, one of the, my favorite shares at this particular meeting a while ago was when someone mentioned that um, as far as they're concerned, higher power is, um, it's an outside issue. So um, we talk about in OA and in all 12-step meetings that we, we work on the literature that's, you know, approved by that 12-step organization. And 
when people feel inspired by things outside the program or um, participate in recovery that's outside the program, they say an outside issue or uh, you know they used an outside um, resource. And you know I, that's how I feel about about higher power. Um, so I look forward to hearing about your um, your experiences and I thank you so much for being part of my spirit of recovery and um, with that I'll pass. <laughs>